It's not what we don't know that gets us into trouble. It's what we think to be true that just ain't so. My fellow Missourian Mark Twain's comment about human nature includes the practice of medicine. In the practice of medicine, we are given opportunities every day to reconsider what we think to know to be so because clinical results, especially adverse reactions or lack of objectively positive results, it invites us to reconsider what we think to be true. The conversations here on Geological are doorways into other ways of thinking about acupuncture and East Asian medicine than you might have learned in school or currently use in your practice. Our medicine does not come from petri dish experimentation. It does not advance through double-blind studies. It arises from the observation of complex and dynamically interactive systems, as well as our part in them. The plurality of East Asian medicine and methods does not speak with one singular voice. Here on Geological, expect to encounter the wide diversity of perspective and practice as we share with you the voices of our community. These conversations are made possible through the support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful services or products that you'll likely find beneficial in your clinical work. Please consider their offerings as a way to support Geological. And if you like your podcast conversations served up ad-free, then join up as a member for this and other perks. Hi, I'm Chloe Weber from Radical Roots. We love Geological and all it brings to our community. And so I'm absolutely delighted to have Radical Roots help bring you this conversation. CBD has been everywhere the past few years, and honestly, I've been disappointed with many of the products out there, which is why I created Radical Roots. We take a different approach by not only combining the Chinese herbs with complete spectrum hemp to create targeted formulations to address sleep, anxiety, pain, and immune support, but we also use a unique alchemical spagyric extraction technique that ensures that the herbs are bioavailable. We also take safety and transparency very seriously, so you'll find third-party testing available on our website. All of our Chinese herbs are sourced from Spring Wind because we appreciate their quality and their testing. As a practitioner myself, there is no greater honor than to have other acupuncturists choose our herbs for their patients. So please feel free to reach out and let us know how we can best support you. Check out our website at RadicalRootsHerbs.com to set up a wholesale practitioner account. Look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles heal both your patients and the planet. You probably regularly encourage your patients to get out into nature because you know the deep restorative potential of the natural world. Imagine sending your patients out into a beautiful grove of oxygen-exuding trees. Now, imagine that you've had a hand in planting those climate-restoring trees. We need both the yin of reducing our impact on the planet and the yang of actively attending to its restoration. AccuFast's high-quality needles and innovative packaging can reduce the AccuWaste in your clinic by up to 93%. And with the purchase of every two boxes, they plant a tree. Practitioners using the AccuFast system will contribute to reducing our profession's carbon footprint and plant hundreds of thousands of trees over a decade. Reduce waste and grow your forest with AccuFast and bring harmony to both your patients and the planet. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash GrowYourForest to learn more and calculate the positive environmental impact that you can make in your practice. I'm Elaine Duncan. 
As a former guest and longtime friend of Geological, I'm delighted to be a sponsor. I'd like you to know about my book, The Tao of Trauma. I especially want you to know about my year-long course that uses it as our text. We meet five times, integrating the five elements and five seasons of Chinese medicine and their interface with the five steps of the self-protective response and the transformative science of polyvagal theory. You will experience didactic and hands-on instruction designed to help trauma survivors restore balance and regulation. Acupuncturists, body workers, medical providers, and body-oriented mental health clinicians are all welcome. 70 CEUs, three cohorts in person in Ojai, California, and Silver Spring, Maryland, and a virtual one too. Catch the early bird before October 1. The first 10 registrants who named Geological will receive a signed copy of the Tao of Trauma. More info at integrativehealingworks.net. Sure hope you enjoy this episode as much as I will. I'm Michael Max, the host of Geological. This is one of the podcast member episodes, and I wanted to share a few minutes with you as it captures the spirit and the essence of this conversation. I hope you enjoy this bit of essential chi, and if you'd like to listen to the complete conversation along with the other 250 plus episodes we have, then visit the website and sign up for a monthly or annual membership. It's funny now, at, at, uh, you know, we're in the year 2022 and I'm sitting here as a, a 46-year-old woman and, and sort of being able to look at my Chinese medicine career and say as a young person I was really interested in drug and alcohol. In my 30s I was really interested in pregnancy and childbirth and now that my kids are sort of eight and nine I've now moved into now I'm really interested in menopause because it's going on around me and also feel that it's an area that, to be perfectly honest, as a woman, I've been terrified of. And I look at my own experience with childbirth and the fact that there was so much information around around birthing and and how childbirth is portrayed in the media. And then as a Chinese medicine practitioner to have approached my pregnancies, I had two kids, both the pregnancies and the birthing of the children, and it was a phenomenal experience phenomenal, super positive, that both the pregnancies and the birthing experiences were just incredible. And I felt so privileged to have this body of Chinese medicine knowledge as an individual in that situation. And so, you know, here I am now in my mid-40s and, and want, looking at menopause in very similar light and thinking, hang on a minute, we've got all this information around how what menopause is about for women, what it, that women will suffer. And that, you know, that there's just so much misinformation out there. And so a lot of the work that we've been doing, there's sort of been a team of us doing work around looking at menopause and, and really it comes down to, again, the reframing of information that making menopause a really positive experience for women rather than making it something which is going to be a negative experience for women transitioning through the menopausal phase. So probably the most extraordinary discovery is the role of exercise in the transitional the menopausal period within that it's looking at how menopause can be directly affected by all of the activity that goes in the 10 years previously 
So listeners today will be nodding their heads knowing, of course, that it's the lifestyle factors that will determine how somebody transitions through menopause. So for the most part, I, I believe that menopause starts at 40, that it's while 51 is the national average age that a woman will have reported menopause, which is the technically menopause is 12 months after the final menstrual period. So what that really means, it's one of the few conditions that you get diagnosed with 12 months retroactively from when it's actually happened. So the, it means it's a very sort of inaccurate science that women are told to measure the last day of their previous menstrual period and that becomes a 12-month marker as to when their menopause officially starts. Of course, women do get spot bleeding and there can be a whole host of reasons why that number gets thrown out. But really, if we look at 51 is around that average, then really the starting point, as I say, that women should be preparing for their menopause on their 40th birthday. And of course, this is now what Chinese medicine practitioners can educate their patients about is all of the things which can lead into a very healthy menopause. You said something that just rings me like a bell because I think it, it applies to menopause. It applies to other things as well. And that is taking and reframing something that is generally seen as negative and looking at what might be positive. Looking at, of course, there is something that is lost with menopause, just like there is something that is lost with puberty. There's an innocence. You fire up a person's sexuality in puberty, and life is really different. It like messes with your attention, and it, it infuses your life in so many ways. Life-changing, you know, dramatic. And there's something that's lost. There's something gained and there's something lost. And I think we see this more in traditional societies to some degree, that especially with women, as they go into menopause, they've gone from being this productive in a sense of producing children to now they have this capacity for wisdom. They have a capacity for being in the world and in a way that is fundamentally different. So I hear you talk about this, and what else do you have to say about that? You're absolutely spot on, Michael. It's This is the role of the Chinese medicine practitioner, being able to help women see that, that those menopausal years are the ones that they are most powerful, most influential. And there's a wonderful uh, theory which is evolving within the scientific community as to why is it that women, humans, go through menopause, that there's only a handful of mammals that go through menopause. The others are whales. So that one of the discoveries is that looking at our whale mammals, that how menopause looks like in the animal world. And there are very few other animals that have a long lifespan after their reproductive years. And what is floating around is a theory called the grandmother hypothesis. And this is that whale pods, that the older whales go through menopause so that they are not reproducing offspring that compete with their existing, that they're not continuing to produce offspring that are competing with their existing offspring, and that they move into being tribal leaders, that they are the ones responsible for showing the younger generation where to fish and how to protect themselves. 
So the grandmother hypothesis is existing uh, current scientific circles to also explain why humans go through menopause as this role of being a caretaker within the community. And I think that's just such a wonderful analogy of really coaching women sort of rather than it being the loss of the reproductive years, so much of the gain of the the wise and influential person within that community, one that will keep them safe and well-nourished. And I think maybe women in particular, maybe more than men, I think men get a little softer as we hit andropause. Women get kind of tougher in a way. And yeah, that role of caretaker of the community and it's not just my offspring, it's a larger community. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you look at, and think about like the women that have been heads of state, right? Often in that grandmother position in a sense. It is. It's wonderful. It's wonderful when you see women stepping into their power. Mm-hmm. And I draw on the work of people like Julian Scott, who has very much shares the original Dr. Shen principle of the gates of life and the gates of life, as you've already mentioned, that puberty being the first gate of life. For women, there's a second gate, which is childbirth and child rearing. Then there's the menopause and this idea, and then the final gate being death, one that we we can't come back and talk about. So the puberty, childbirth and menopause belonging to a spectrum of evolution, of, of personal development, And within that Dr. Shen theory, that illnesses which may have arisen during puberty that may have continued through the 30s and into the 40s can actually be thrown out at menopause. It's it's an opportunity for this major physiological shift. And also from a psychological point of view, it's an opportunity for women particularly to re-identify themselves outside a mother role that they can sort of, you know, gaining independence gaining this sense of having a whole new chapter, a whole new lease on life. What are those new interests that come along? So it's certainly a, for the most part, the women that go into menopause with a positive attitude about ageing, about feeling good about themselves, what they've accomplished. For example, there's women that have had children, if that's been a positive experience, will experience menopause very differently than women who haven't been able to conceive and who may have wanted to, that there might be a lot more feelings of grief and psychological trauma attached to the end, end of the menstrual cycle. This is, again, one of the most extraordinary roles that an acupuncturist can take is understanding for each individual patient what the menopause means to them and then being able to help reframe that as a really positive experience, you know, looking at what are the benefits. And you know, one of the other things we need to be mindful of is that menopause doesn't occur in isolation. For the most part, it can be a time for women of going through a divorce. There can be empty nest syndrome. Other concurring type life events are, you know, caring for or grieving an elderly parent. So there's often menopause itself is not simply a physiological condition, but it's also the psycho-emotional aspect of what else is going on in a person's life at that time. There is plenty more to this conversation. And as a member of the Geological website, you'll have access to it all. Plus, access to the entire library of over 250 conversations. Sign up to be a member 
and enjoy all that Geological has to offer. <laughs>